It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. Uh, what is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We got one hour's one hour of Los Angeles Lakers basketball tonight. Got a lot of stuff to actually get into. Um, the news of Jared Vanderbilt signing last week, just kind of a, another addition for the Lakers who got paid, got an extension. I'll throw some – is there anything a part of that contract you like or you don't like? So I'll spend a little time on Jared Vanderbilt's situation. Um, the Lakers' depth – it can be a blessing. It could also be a curse at the same time. I want to spend a little time on that. Um, are we underestimating the Lakers' chances of winning it all? Zach Lowe was on NBA Today, and he was praising the Lakers probably more than I've ever seen anybody else, at least in the offseason, do it. Talk about Anthony Davis. Talk about what we should expect from LeBron James coming into his 21st season in the NBA. And I uh, got a couple other side things. Uh, Damian Lillard looks like there's a little bit of news on him. And Winning Time, if you were watching that on HBO, is officially canceled after two seasons. I watched yesterday's episode as well, so some thoughts there. Um, let, let me actually just get right into it. You know, last week, late last week, we had some news come out on uh, on Jared Vanderbilt. And to be completely honest with you, there was so much attention going to the Lakers offseason of – the players that they were trying to re-sign or free agency, what the moves were going to be. Then there was the, hey, there's this date coming up, and it's going to be specifically on, um, it's going to be specifically on Anthony Davis and his potential extension. Do you go out there? Do you extend Anthony Davis? Are you worried about how many games he's going to play? Uh, five more years in the purple and gold. So we did all that, and then there was the, all right, well you got all these roster spots. There's still two spots available on your on your team, on your roster. Are you going to go out there and potentially get Christian Wood or another guy? And, and we know, what was it now, maybe about a week and a half ago, maybe about a week ago, Christian Wood ended up signing with the Lakers. What I think was lost in all this was that Jared Vanderbilt was also in a situation where he had an extension coming up. And the moment the Lakers had an opportunity – to extend Jared Vanderbilt, they jumped right on top of it. So Jared Vanderbilt uh, last week agreed to a four-year, $48 million extension. Um, 24 years old, has played, I want to say, with five teams over the course of his five years in the NBA. Um, averages, as far as his number, seven points, about seven rebounds a game. Not going to spend too much time on his game. I think it was just more of, okay, here's another player that the Lakers, kind of within their own system, this isn't too common in Laker world where you're bringing back a roster where there's a lot of uh, continuity, a lot of guys that have 
played with each other last season. I know, and, and really for the Lakers, it was how much did these guys really play with each other? It was almost a completely different roster by the time we got the trade deadline. But D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, those are the two dudes, and Rui Hachimura that all came at the trade deadline that signed off-season deals with the Lakers to extend them or brand-new contracts in D'Angelo and, and Rui's case. Um, the model for the Lakers is very clear. Let's get guys that are at the right age. Let's get players that we think can support LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Let's get incredible amount of depth. I'm going to talk about that depth in a little bit. But let's get a crazy, crazy amount of depth so that if something happens, maybe Bron's got to miss some time because he's going to be 31 years old in late December. Um, or I'm sorry, 39 years old. Maybe Anthony Davis misses time because Anthony Davis has missed time. That kind of comes with when you describe and you talk about Anthony Davis, you say, man, what a player, a two-way guy, one of the best defenders in the league. Oh, by the way, he misses time. So that's obviously got a lot to do with it as well. And Jared Vanderbilt is just another piece of the pie from the Los Angeles Lakers where they really, really went out of their way to make sure they were locking up players that they feel like can play a role for the Lakers, not just this upcoming year, but for the next couple of years. And the age thing, I, I when the deal originally went down with Vanderbilt, I started looking at just what each player is making and what their age is. And I'm talking about only the guys that were signed in the offseason that are not here on one-year deals, right? Cam Reddish, he's trying to put himself in a position so... He can get that value back in the league. Jackson Hayes wants to create value for himself. Christian Wood, Torian Prince, those are all guys that didn't sign multi-year deals. They want value. Technically, Christian Wood's on a two-year deal, and the second year is a player option. They got Jared Vanderbilt at about $12 million a year. He's 24 years old. Rui signed for $17 million a year. He's 25 years old. Austin Reeves signed for $14 million a year. He's 25 years old. D'Lo, 18 a year, he's 27, and Gabe Vincent, 11 million per year at age 27. The reason why I highlight that and I point it out, it's the money that the Lakers dispersed um, that they sent out this uh, this offseason went to players that they feel like can be around for a few years. And they also feel like we'll have value if it doesn't work out in L.A. or maybe there's something that comes down the road where the Lakers say, you know what, we didn't know this player was going to be available. It gives them just a, a ton of options and flexibility. Um, I, I think that is the basis and the foundation of what Palenka was trying to do all off season. Now, can we look at some of these contracts? I, personally, for me, I don't really think the Lakers have any bad contracts. Now, you could say there's some questionable out there. Some guys are going to have to work for their contract. Let me let me actually put Jared Vanderbilt on that boat. When I saw four years, $48 million, I was like, wow, good for Jared Vanderbilt. And that's not to say that Jared Vanderbilt doesn't have value. Um, it doesn't mean that Jared Vanderbilt – we saw it actually during the playoffs. Playoffs was a good example of Jared Vanderbilt. The Lakers were confident enough to take Jared Vanderbilt and say, hey, why don't you go guard Ja Morant all game, run with him up and down during the regular season? Why don't you guard Luka during the postseason? Why don't you go up against Steph Curry? The guy is a defender. He's a rebounder. 
He's a blue-collar, hard worker. I roll up my sleeves, and I'm ready to come to the office every single day. I had a chance during last year, actually during the playoffs, to interact him a little bit. Just had some interviews that I was able to do before the pregame show. Um, I, I kind of loved everything about him, to be honest with you. I loved his body language. I loved the way he approached the game. I love. Um, I felt like he was more of a sponge. Like hey, I got a chance to learn from two of the two of the best out here in LeBron and Anthony Davis. So I was a fan of Jared Vanderbilt's game. I just didn't know he was going to get four years, forty-eight million. But he's a good example of a player that you'll have to show too. That hey, listen, I'm worth every penny of this. You're making a commitment to me for four years. I'm worth every penny. Rui is another good example. Rui Hachimura. So Rui. Um, is going to make $17 million a year. I remember when I saw the deal for Rui, it was like, wow, $17? $51 million over three years? All right, good for Rui. Look at his skill set. Look at his the the opportunity when you look at Rui of what his potential is, all that stuff. And he was phenomenal in the playoffs. Who didn't know in the playoffs is when he stepped up his game. Okay, he's going to have to earn some of that money that's coming to him. Gabe Vincent made the $33 million off a great playoff run. I got confidence all these guys will be able to, um, you know, obviously deliver on what the Lakers went out and paid them, but none of them are, even if the players aren't exactly what you panned out for. And by the way, it's impossible that everything hits. I mean, the the, the, the no-brainer is Austin Reeves is going to be, yeah, don't worry about Austin Reeves. Some of these other guys, it's going to be, Austin Reeves is actually the one that you look at and you say he's got the most value, and he's the, the one player where you're like, how'd this dude get so underpaid? Um, and we know why. We, we've gone through that before. But a lot of these other guys, there is going to be, all right, go out there, um, show that you are worth every single penny, and uh, show that you could help the Lakers try to win an NBA championship. I mean, the the thing that I, I think I look out the most is the depth that the Lakers have. Now, depth, you can look at it one of two ways. The depth can be a blessing, and it could be a curse at the same time. I'll tell you what I mean by that. A lot of this is just going to have to be, and again, I think Darvin Ham's the right coach. I think the front office has clearly shown that uh, they could roll up their sleeves and find ways to, um, uh, to, to, to make sure that they got an opportunity to compete for an NBA championship. But with all that being said, this is the depth that the Lakers have that I think is going to be kind of fascinating once the season starts. You don't typically play 12 guys. You don't. Well, you have 12 legitimate players, and I'm not talking about the rookies. Um, I'm not talking about Jalen Hutchifino. I'm not talking about Maxwell Lewis. I'm not talking about um, any of those youngsters, potential players that can come up, uh, you know, two-way deals, anything like that in the G League. I'm not talking about any of those guys. I'm just talking about the players that the Lakers have. I'm going to go through a couple of these guys, and I don't know who's going to get the short end of the stick. And by the way, I'm a big fan of having, all right, well, let's just have these guys compete, and I think that's going to bring the best of all of them. But look at that point guard. D'Angelo Russell, Gabe Vincent. Shooting guard, Austin Reeves, Max Christie. So there's four guys in your backcourt already, and we're not talking about LeBron James yet, but LeBron obviously plays in the backcourt. All right, how about your small forwards? LeBron, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish. Okay, how about your power forwards? Christian Wood, Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, and then your centers, 
Anthony Davis and Jackson Hayes. It, today's NBA is positionless anyway, so it's not like you have to have a center. It's not like you have to have power. We, we know all that. That's not that big of a deal. But I named 12 guys that can get some legitimate playing time for the Lakers this upcoming year. Um, there's going to be a lot of guys competing for playing time, and Jared Vanderbilt is just one of those players that's on a long list of guys that you can put at that number three spot or that number four spot. Um, that's the, the, the piece of what the Lakers did this offseason that I think is the strength of what the Lakers are, and I also got a curiosity of how players are going to react to that because they're not guaranteed minutes, that they are going to be competing for playing time, and at the same time, they want to showcase their own skill set. I mean, there are a lot of players that are on one-year deals. Christian Wood is a good example on that. There's a lot of guys out there that want to show, look, if I can make myself look good on the Lakers, maybe I can get that three two, three, four-year deal next year with another team and actually go get paid. And it's that balance of trying to show that you can be a real asset to a championship contender, be incredibly unselfish in the process, but also trying to take care of yourself at the same time, which I don't I don't blame any of these players. I mean, they're, they're obviously trying to look out for their next check, their next opportunity and everything else. But that depth that the Lakers have is uh, it's kind of crazy. Kind of, crazy, kind of crazy how many different players, how many different options they're going to have, and it's going to be up to Darvin Ham to try to figure out, okay, what ingredients work together? What are the ones that don't work together? One of the things that I think most Laker fans are most excited about this upcoming season is you got to the Western Conference Finals, but you only had that team intact for, by the time you got to the playoffs, it was maybe 25 games at tops. And then you're right in the middle of a playoff run. What could this team look like when they actually get that training camp together, when they get preseason together, and then they get 82 games together? That's going to be the thing that uh, I think I'm most uh, curious about. But the depth is there, and Jared Vanderbilt locks himself up as well to a uh, to a long-term deal with the Lakers. Okay, I'll throw out the phone number here, uh, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. If uh, that depth that I'm referring to or some of the guys that I started listing out, all that long laundry list of players, players that you think will get the most opportunity, players that you think maybe we're not talking about all that much so far that you think will be uh, uh, big-time assets of the Lakers once the season starts. Plus, we come back. Are we underestimating the Lakers' chances of winning it all? I want to play some sound from Zach Lowe on NBA Today and see what he thinks. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, if you want to be a part of Lakers Talk, 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Daniel in Santa Monica. Daniel, what's going on? Thank you for calling in, brother. Hey, good evening, Sleep. Thanks for taking my call. You got it, man. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I just real quick. Uh, I know you're you're talking about like emergent players. You know, I could I could randomly see like Jackson Hayes having like a big impact just because you know he just play plays the right way, does the intangibles, energy, and you know can jump out the gym. Um, but you know, real quick, I just wanted to also touch on the the Vanderbilt signing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I saw that headline drop. You know, like 100% of my confidence as like a diehard Laker fan got restored in the front office because, you know, last few years it's been like, you know, get the big name or get the big resume or jersey sales, you know, TV ratings kind of moves, you know, with that chunk of change. But giving it to a guy like Vanderbilt, I just feel like, you know, no one's walking around with Vanderbilt jerseys on. Like, he just plays the right way and he leads to winning in the modern NBA. I just think it's such a good sign that our that our front office, you know, after a few funny years, kind of seems like we're back on track. So super stoked for the season, and uh, thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Daniel. I appreciate it. Okay, so a couple things on that. Um, I think the offseason said a lot what you're referring to, that they it's Vandy, it's Rui, it's D'Lo, it's Reeves, it's Gabe Vincent, it's Jackson Hayes, it's Cam Reddish, it's Torian Prince. They didn't go big game hunting. And, and we know the last time they did that it was Russell Westbrook. But I, I'm actually not completely and totally convinced that the Lakers will not go big game hunting again. I'm not. And let me give you a scenario of what I'm referring to here. Um, and I think there are, by the way, a lot of Laker fans that feel the way you do, Daniel, where it's a little refreshing, like, cool. Um, I, I can let these guys build something and give them some time some time to develop, et cetera, et cetera. So the reason why I'm not still con- completely sold on that is – I want to see what happens between now and the next trade deadline. And there's a very good chance that the roster that the Lakers have now will be the same roster, especially if they're having success, especially if they feel like, okay, hey, we have enough, we can compete here. But hypothetically, there's also the scenario out there where Denver coming off an NBA championship is even better. Now, they're going to have a little questionable – They'll be more questionable this year just because they lost a couple of their key pieces, their key role players that were a part of that NBA championship. But let's just say Denver's balling out. Let's say the Phoenix Suns have the best record in the Western Conference and we're approaching February 1st and you're looking at the Phoenix Suns, you're like, I don't know who's going to beat them. The Lakers then will be in a position where they say to themselves, okay, we got to improve our roster. We have to find a way. It's LeBron is he's 39 at this point. How many more runs do you have? I mean, clearly the Lakers are all in. It's just their strategy is a little bit different than past years. Um, that, to me, will be kind of the, the, the storyline for me. It, it's going to be by the time you get to next trade deadline, I had Jovan Buha on the broadcast or on the show I think it was two weeks ago. Jovan actually said something exactly like that. It was something to the effect of, well, they got so much of this flexibility. They got so many players. 
you know, you got a, a guy that's making 17 here, 18 here, 14 here. You can easily put a couple of contracts together, hypothetically, and go get a player that you think is an all-star caliber player. And I, I wouldn't run that past the Lakers. I just wouldn't. A lot of it's going to have to do with how they're playing and what it looks like around the league and around the NBA by the time you get closer to the trade deadline. So I am uh, I'm a fan as well of what the Lakers did this past offseason. I like that we're going to get a chance to see a lot of players, familiar faces with the team again next year. And I think Daniel brought up a good point that, you know, Jared Vanderbilt, I don't think you needed to see the Jared Vanderbilt as a signing before you thought, oh, wow, this front office is really kind of going away from different strategies. I think it happened well before Jared Vanderbilt. I think it happened July 1st, and I think it went all the way to when Jared Vanderbilt signed an extension. It showed you that the Lakers were not going big game hunting, that they thought, look, with LeBron and Anthony Davis, let's just put together as many players that are 25 to 27 years old, 24 to 27, somewhere in that range. Let's put together as many guys as we can that have multiple skill sets, that can play multiple positions. I think that's what the Lakers did. Um, Yeah, the one other player, uh, he mentioned Jackson Hayes as a guy that he thinks will have a good season for the Lakers. How about Summer League when we all watched uh, Max Christie and we all got a chance to see Max Christie kind of do his thing and he didn't eventually play the whole, you know, the entire time, which it really wasn't expected. That's my guy this year. I'd love to see if... uh, I'd love to see if we can get something out of Max Christie this year where, um, you know, he's getting real opportunities and you could really kind of see his growth. I, I I just, I love his game. I love very coachable player as well. It'd be, kind of, it'd be great to see him get an opportunity. We, we brought him on. I brought him on right after Summer League, right actually in the middle of Summer League. He came on Lakers Talk and uh, I could listen to that kid all day and um, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to watch him this upcoming season. Okay. We're coming up to a break now, so I don't want to do it um, right now. But when we come back, we'll play the Zach Lowe sound on NBA Today and really just kind of proposing the question, if we're actually underestimating the Lakers and the talent that they have and the chance they have to win an NBA championship. So we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We'll go till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. You know, I, I promoted a couple different times. I want to play this clip here. So Zach Lowe does a great, great job covering the NBA for ESPN. He's been doing it for a long time. 
a lot of times on the Hoop Collective podcast as well. Uh, he was on NBA Today. And it's funny, before I play the clip, I just want to kind of set it up. Um, listening to people in the offseason talk about the Lakers, and I think I've heard a lot of people speak positively and kind of like the moves that the Lakers made. But I also don't think a lot of people are rushing to the, hey, the Lakers are they're getting back to the Western Conference Finals. No questions asked. Um, that's just a lock. That's what's going to happen. Lakers got to the Western Conference Finals. I know they got swept by the Denver Nuggets, but got through Memphis, got through the Golden State Warriors, and then um, ran into a team that every game was – there were no blowouts in the series, but Denver was the better team, and I think nobody's going to argue that. A lot of times when a squad gets that far and then they bring basically the same team back and maybe they got even a little bit better uh, making some changes around the edges, getting a little bit more size and everything else that the Lakers did, a lot of times it's, yeah, that that team is going to, they're going to build off of what they did a year ago. Um, Take a listen here to Zach Lowe because Zach Lowe is saying that a lot of people are underestimating the Lakers' chances of winning it all. Take a listen. The Lakers are a contender, and I don't hear as much talk about them as a contender as you would think. All the buzz is Denver, Phoenix, deservedly so. Denver proved it last year. They're the favorite going in. But the Lakers made the conference finals, and I kind of feel like people don't really know what to do with them because they totally remade their team halfway through the season, went on a nice run, had a great defense and just a so-so offense. I love their offseason. I think they got better across the board. I think Austin Reeves is going to make another leap. Mm. They're deep. They have insurance injury-wise. If Anthony Davis or LeBron misses a little time here or there, they can survive. If they're healthy, and I realize that's a big if for their two best players, I think this team can absolutely win the title. All right, so that's uh, Zach Lowe on NBA Today. So I I take a couple things away. I I do agree with him. I don't think there is this – again, I go back to it. If – and maybe I don't know if it's because the Lakers got swept. I don't know if it's because, hey, LeBron's going to be 39. I don't know if it's the lack of confidence in Anthony Davis playing 65-plus games and what that could be in the postseason – I don't know what it is, but I do agree with Zach Lowe that I don't think there's that much chatter or conversation about um, the Lakers being top three, four contending teams to win the whole thing. Uh, And I I get the the Western Conference piece of it. You got – you know, I I was spending some time with this, and I think I was doing this with Trevor Lane, but – we were talking about the Western Conference, and you're like, all right, let, let me just think about the West real quick. Okay, everything's going to run through Denver. Cool. Fair. Um, there's a lot of hype towards Phoenix. I think I'm hopping on that hype train. I, th- I really like the offseason that they had, and I think Bradley Beal on that team will – I think that's going to work. Um, you got the Golden State Warriors, who are a team that added Chris Paul – uh, I got no idea what they missed was size against the Lakers. So I, I don't know if that one's going to – how good they're going to be, but they are the Golden State Warriors. And we know that they um, you know, have been really the class of the NBA for the last 10 years. But there's all these other teams that I don't think anybody's paying attention to where you're kind of trying to figure out. Kind of like, all right, is the Clippers going to be good? I mean, what's their window? Can they be a team – Every time I watch the Clippers or I look at them on paper, I'm like, this freaking, the squad is stacked. 
and things just don't go their way in the playoffs or they can't be healthy. Okay, well, what if they're actually healthy? Um, Minnesota's a weird team with a lot of talent. New Orleans is a weird team with a lot of talent. The Oklahoma City Thunder is a good team, incredibly young. The Utah Jazz looked like a good team last year that just had no interest in making the playoffs. Memphis Grizzlies added Marcus Smart. I don't know if the reason why the Lakers maybe aren't being talked about as much as a, a true, true contender, if it just really has to do with the fact that they're in the West, there's a lot of other teams that are going to be competing, and can you repeat what you did last year from the trade deadline moving forward? The, the bigger excuse that I hear about the Lakers, and Zach Lowe actually mentioned this towards the end. He said, well, you know, what's going to come down to, are the Lakers going to be healthy? Every team. That, this is, that question is not exclusive to the Lakers. If Steph Curry's not healthy, Warriors aren't going anywhere. If Tatum's not healthy, they're not going anywhere. But you don't even have to go Tatum. Go Jalen Brown. Go the second best player. Go Draymond Green. Go uh, Devin Booker. Pick the second best player on any team. If that team is not healthy, they're not going to go anywhere. So that's not exclusive to the Lakers. It's exclusive to everybody. The only difference with the Lakers is, like I mentioned, Bron's going to be 39, and Anthony Davis, um, part of his story is, well, how many games is he going to play? And he's going to be healthy at the right time. The years that he's been healthy at the right time, Lakers won an NBA championship. They got to the Western Western Conference Finals. When he wasn't healthy, one year they didn't make the playoffs. The other year they were eliminated by the Suns in the first round, which which takes me actually to my point about Anthony Davis. A, a lot of the conversation that I've heard about AD this year is, does Anthony Davis, I keep people he, keep hearing people say, well, he's got to be an MVP if the Lakers are going to win it all. How many times have you heard that in the offseason? Really, how many times have you heard that over the last couple of years? Well, the only way the Lakers win is AD's got to be an MVP. Can, can we just make sure that we define this properly. In order for Anthony Davis to be an MVP, he's going to have to play 65 games. So just know that right out the gate. In order for him to be an MVP, he's got to play 65 games. The last time Anthony Davis played 65 games or more was 2017-2018. It's been a long time. So uh, this is all part of the new rules. To win an MVP, you got to hit the criteria of how many games you play. The chances of Anthony Davis winning an MVP, not likely, just based purely on games. And then also, there's other reasons why I don't think it's likely. I just don't think he's a top three, four, five player in the NBA right now. Um, I don't think Anthony Davis has to be an MVP in order for the Lakers to have a real chance of winning an NBA championship. Earlier in the show... I spent a lot of time talking about the depth that the Lakers have. Every single night, the Lakers are not going to be, AD, you got to drop 35 and 15 in order for the Lakers to win. That's not how the Lakers are built. You know, I, I spent time highlighting, and, and listen, let me be clear here. What Anthony Davis does on the defensive side, you got to have every night. You have to. Um, unless as the season progresses, you just got guys you could see that team defensively, even if AD misses some assignments or some games, maybe they could still click because they got so much depth. But offensively, D'Lo can get you points. Gabe Vincent can get you points. Austin Reeves can get you points. Braun is going to do his thing. Rui's going to get you points. Christian Wood, I think one of the main reasons why the Lakers wanted Christian Wood is specifically if what if Anthony Davis misses some time. 
And if he misses some time, what will he be able to do? What will a guy like Christian Wood be able to do in that front court? He was averaging 16-7 and seven last year. I think those that just automatically say, well, if Anthony Davis is not an MVP, the Lakers don't have a shot. I think you could make more of a case with that in years past. I don't think that's the case this upcoming year. I really don't. I think the Lakers actually have opportunities to potentially get to an NBA Finals or come out of the Western Conference. And Anthony Davis does not have to be a top three, top five player. And I, I, I do believe this, that when Palenka was working in the offseason and working with everybody else in the front office and working with the coaching staff, it's, hey, we got to also be prepared if AD's not there for 20 games. If he misses 20 games in the year or more than 20 games, what's that look like? How are we going to get our offense? Are, is there enough length and size and blah, 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 go down the list? And I think that's part of the reason why the Lakers did what they did. Um but I, I, I just, look, I, I go back to this. Anthony Davis has to be, yes, top 10 player in the NBA. Top 10, no question about it. But I think the Lakers have enough players to make some noise. If AD is the dominating force on the defensive side, and he's also on offense making sure. The one thing that I have hesitation with Anthony Davis, sometimes he's just too inconsistent on offense which I think frustrates everybody, and you're, you're trying to figure out the entire time. How's that happen? How is AD, of all people, inconsistent on the offensive side? Maybe it's because he's doing everything he can on the defensive end. He's such a pillar and such an important piece on the defensive side, but that's the one piece where I think when people scratch their heads, you know, I certainly understand it from, uh, from that perspective. I was thinking about this um, earlier today. I was kind of putting together some notes and um, – trying to kind of figure out, all right, uh, some different topics I want to get into. And when this one came up on Anthony Davis, I thought for AD, just being healthy during that playoff run showed you, I mean, if Anthony Davis, let's say, played 50 games in the regular season, but he's healthy and ready to go for the postseason, okay, well, he's healthy and ready at the right time, and he didn't win an MVP or was competing for an MVP. So I think that comment of, well, AD's got to be MVP caliber player. However you define that, technically, no, he could be a player that has kind of done what he did last year and put up the type of numbers that he was putting up in the playoffs, doing what he was doing on the defensive side, and Lakers still can, can still compete for the whole thing. Um, I, I was looking at uh, I was looking at LeBron. I was looking at some of uh, his stats here. I don't know how you guys felt over the last few years about LeBron, but I, I want to just kind of talk about since he's been a Los Angeles Laker. I Actually, this is why it came up. I saw some video of LeBron, whether it was yesterday, today, whenever it was, and he's back in the gym and he's you know working on whatever gym that he's at, working on his game and his jumper and getting to the basket, all that stuff. He's, he's doing a workout. He, somebody posted on Instagram. I don't know if it was him or, or wasn't, but I don't know if he posted or not. But I'm watching it. I'm just kind of sitting there, and I'm like, guy's about to be 39. I remember after the Lakers won the championship back in 2020. And I don't know how you guys felt after that, but I just kind of assumed, like, all right, well, there's got to be, like, a, a significant drop-off for, for LeBron. Um, that's coming, right? I mean, look, the guy's going to be 37. He's going to be 38. He's going to be 30. I feel like every year for the last three years, 
I've had that conversation with myself. You start getting up to 35, 36 years old. Okay, the guy's clearly going to have a drop-off, right? Two years ago, the 2021-2022 season, Braun played 55 games, 56 games. He averaged 30 points a game, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Lakers didn't make the playoffs, so I'm just telling you his numbers, what he averaged. 38-6 and six at age 37. All right, age 38. 29 points a game, 8 rebounds, and actually went up in assists, went up to 6.8 assists. His numbers... From 35, when he was 35 years old, his numbers got better at age 36. When he turned 36 years old, his numbers got better at 37. They got better at 38. And here we are coming into this season. And I'm going to do the same exact thing that I've done over the last couple of years. When does this slow down? Listen, I know he has slowed down as a player, period. He's not the same player as he was. On the defensive side, of course he's not. Um, I think there are times with shot selection, Braun a lot of times will either get baited into it or will just decide, you know what, I'm tired, I got tired legs, I'm going to shoot a jumper rather than get into the basket. And we complain about it. You know, I remember doing post-game shows and I'm talking to you know, listeners and fans. and You know, why does Braun settle for this three or that three? And then we have to remind ourselves, well, that's what you do when you're 37 or you're 38 or you know you're that age, one of those one of those ages or whatever the case is, um, coming into this season, coming into the season, that's something that's always uh, out of curiosity. Okay, um, we come back. Winning time is over. I want to spend a little time on that, and I've got a couple of stories. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. LeBron, 39, still putting up these numbers. It's crazy to look at it, honestly, to look at some of those stats. 36, 37, 38, every year from 36, 37, 38, his stats got better. And listen, I'm not trying to make the case here. I know Lakers didn't go in the playoffs one year, uh, but last year he's still putting up those stats. And nobody's trying to say he's the same defender. There are certain times of the game where, you know, you want to see Bron try to get to the basket. I'm sure there's tired legs in there. He can only do it in spurts or whatever the case is, but uh, still incredible. Okay, I want to get into winning time here in just a second, but before I do, there was some sound I wanted to play. This was Stephen A. on first take with Shannon Sharp, and they're talking about Anthony Davis. Take a listen to Stephen A. talking about AD. Now, listen, I'm rooting for AD. Mad love for AD. AD, with his A game, is a superstar. With his A game, he's a superstar. He's just got to be available consistently. And what I would challenge AD is like, damn, bro, LeBron is entering his 21st 21st. season. You can't do that to him. That that ain't right, man. Where's your pride at to spell for him Mm -hmm. so he don't have to give you as much as he gives you? That's what I'm looking for from AD. Nothing else. I, my, my issue with that, and I was going to play that together when I was doing the LeBron and Anthony Davis stuff. 
I don't think it's AD's choice to play in some of these games, not play in some of these games. Some of the back-to-backs, remember last year, everybody's getting mad and frustrated. Well, I don't think he's making those decisions. And this is just part of the territory that comes with Anthony Davis. He's one of the best players in the league. At the same time, his availability is always going to be a question mark. Okay, so I spent a good amount of the last, um, what is it now, seven weeks in a row every Sunday was watching me some winning time. Um, it just finished season number two, just wrapped up yesterday. And the news came out after that. Um, this was obviously uh, two seasons. The, the first season killed it. Everyone was talking about it. Incredible, incredible amount of hype. But after the season finale yesterday, um, winning time has been officially canceled on HBO. I've heard a lot of people you know, have their different opinions on winning time. And uh, some people loved it. Some people maybe didn't like it as much as I did or whatever the case is. I thought it was what it was. You know, I thought the show was really good. I enjoyed it. And I think it served its purpose. Now, if you told me that a third season was coming out and the storyline was going to be this, that, or whatever, I'd probably still watch it because – I'm a Laker fan, and I, I kind of found the show fascinating and you know, taking back to an era where it's the Lakers and the Celtics and Showtime and everything else. I thought it was entertaining. But I also will not lose. I, I feel bad that those, the, the actors and everything else that were there, I feel bad that, you know, obviously these guys won't get as much of an opportunity to go into season number three. But regardless of the fact, served its purpose. I thought the show was fun for the first couple of seasons and uh, certainly enjoyed it while it lasted. Unfortunately, um, the season is is over and they will not be coming back. Um, They obviously will not be coming back for a season three. Um, Okay, last story I'm going to get into. We're going to wrap up the show. Mark Spears put out a tweet. This was Mark Spears covers the NBA for ESPN. He says, I'm hearing rumors about another Eastern Conference team that I'm not going to throw out there just yet. He's talking about Damian Lillard. Man, this Damian Lillard stuff, all offseason, thinking he's going to get traded, not getting traded. Now we're getting close to training camp. Is he going to be in Portland when the season starts? Is he not? Um, it's an interesting dynamic. It's an interesting scenario. And Damian Lillard, the reason why it's a big deal, he's one of the best players in the league. So Dame could shift. If there are a few favorites right now and Dame ends up on the right team, you you could potentially be adding, we'll just go with the rumors, right? Dame's been associated with Miami this entire time with the Heat. Well, the Heat got to the NBA Finals. You add Damian Lillard. Okay, now you're talking about a real chance of winning the whole thing. Um so I think we're all watching this story. I think we're all curious. I don't know what Eastern Conference team Mark Spears is talking about. I have no idea. I mean, some teams come to mind, Philadelphia. Um, but what are they going to go trade to to make that happen? And by the way, that's a team that should do everything they can to do it. Does Boston get back in the sweepstakes? You heard Jalen Brown's name. Uh, what was that? A month or two, month or two ago, whatever the case was. Um, I don't know what Eastern Conference team they're talking about, but I would just keep an eye and see how this all uh, shapes up. 
Why? Simply because, like I said, Dame's a real deal, and he's a player that can shift where some of these contenders go. Okay, Laker fans, I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Thank you to Laura Romo tonight, filling in for Funches. L.A., have a great rest of your night.